Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number one. I'm Jim Galanti along with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, fresh off the blue-white game. You ready to talk some Penn State football? Yeah, let's do it. Definitely. It turned out to be pretty decent weather for the game. But speaking of games, how about this fall in September? This is my segue, T. Frank. Penn State-Auburn, in partnership with Collegiate Athletic Travel, Keystone Sports Network, we're offering the opportunity to travel to Auburn for that game. Got everything going for you, the charter flight, you stay at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, even a tailgate party at the stadium. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be along on the trip along with Dustin. You want more information? Go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414. All right, T. Frank, a little closer to home and a little more recent, we had the blue-white game. Well, I say game in a very loose form. It was a practice, a scrimmage. Yeah. First of all, what would you think of the format? Did Was that a good or bad thing for you in scouting the team and learning more? When you watch football live, you get about, if you're lucky, 5% of what's going on. Um, so there's not, there's not a lot to be gained. Um, on first blush. And maybe that's super low. It might be like 40%. But my point is the majority of what's going on, you have to watch back several times because you have to watch things individually and how the parts fit into the whole. Um, so for me, going back and getting the seven-on-seven seven periods really stripped down what they were doing and showed me a little bit more. Uh, it was easier to diagnose what the defense was doing. So it was actually pretty informative when it comes to coverage scheme, how they like to run some things. Uh, so that was helpful. But if you're just watching it live, it does not have, you know, I don't think for fans it's super great uh, because you're not going to be recording it and watching it later. Um, so, you know, I think a game atmosphere is better, but um, I got the same amount out of it as I would if it were a full game, I think. I think that put it well. As a fan, I wasn't crazy about the format. I realized they needed to do it. Uh, they were stuck with that. So for me, the only part that was interesting was that very end where it was a case of you had a winner and a loser, mm-hmm. you know, depending on w- would the offense get the touchdown or not. Let's let's get down into some of the specifics. All eyes were on the quarterbacks, T. Frank. Mm-hmm. What, what did you see? Did you learn anything? Uh, well, we'll start from the top and work down. Sean Clifford did absolutely nothing on the day for the most part. And, and by that, I mean... He was on time with his reads, but they were pretty simple progressions for him. He was not throwing anything down the field. There were no real advanced concepts for him to work through. Um, but then in the two-minute drill, I thought he did okay. Uh, you know, there were some, again, reads that he had to make. He made them. He moved on. And then in situations where he had pressure, there was a free runner at him. So, uh, as always, Sean Clifford didn't look good under pressure, but I think there was more to it than that. Um, and then if you look at Christian Vegu. Got to learn a little bit more about him, and I thought his mental processing was good. And this is where those seven-on-sevens are helpful because they 
don't have to worry so much about the pass rush so they can focus on the coverage and they can focus on reading those things. And I thought all the quarterbacks did a good job in that environment. I have not always thought that. So to see that from uh, it was is encouraging for those young players. So that would be the same evaluation I had of Bo Perbula and Drew Allers. They were all reading the coverages correctly. Um, it just becomes, does the defense win? Do you get a route open? Is there a correct route to throw to against said coverage? Um, and of the guys that played, I thought Drew Aller got the worst rap of what happened live. And when I went back and watched it, there was a the biggest difference between what happened live and the actual analysis. Because I think fans were saying, wow, look at him throwing behind all of these receivers. And I don't think he was supremely, supremely accurate. But I think he was trying to do things that the receivers were not prepared for. Uh, in terms of throwing into zones with anticipation and timing, rather than just throwing to where the guy was. That is an explanation. He also was a little bit off, and a little bit, I think, the pressure was causing him to not adjust. So, a mixed review there, but definitely not as bad as it seemed first run. One of the things that I've tried to remind our listeners of is, these guys are still supposed to be in high school. Yeah. You know, we're calling them freshmen. Well, the correction is they're actually seniors, seniors in high school. Yeah. Or at least that's where they're supposed to be. So I was impressed that the moment didn't seem too big for them. I know it wasn't a great performance, but I'm not sure I was looking for great from, as I said, high school seniors thrown out there. Also, they're throwing to the third team. So they're throwing to young receivers that are learning their position too. So it's not going to be clean. And I guess that was kind of what I went back and found was that some of the mistakes that were that that happened were not the quarterback. It was the receiver running either a poor route or not adjusting correctly to what they were supposed to do. And based on how I read the defense and how I know you can adjust routes against zone coverage. So those things were not in sync. And I, I think that is a pretty common thread through both of the freshman quarterbacks who were doing things I thought that were, were good. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think that the, it's not just the quarterbacks in, even in a seven-on-seven, it's not just the quarterbacks in a vacuum. They're throwing to guys who are also new. The best play of the game was Wallace making that touchdown catch in the corner but I also thought it was a pretty special pass by Vayu to put the ball where he did. Yeah, uh, it, that was, uh, and I went back and I watched that. There was no good throw on that, but when I was reading that coverage, that was technically the wrong place to throw because the, the corner is dropping. They're trying to bait the quarterback into that throw because they want to get, they're, they're defending the goal line, it looks like one coverage, it's actually another. You see on the replay, uh, the safety puts his hands up, Jalen Reed's like, yeah, we, we got him, we got that. And then the throw is just in the perfect spot, above the corner, and where only the receiver, who can jump really high, could go up and get it. So I thought that was a really good knowing the rules, breaking them intentionally, and giving your guy a chance. So a good read by Christian Veyu, and that's some of that special stuff we see every once in a while with him, that we need to know how far down does that vein go. Like, are we are we mining gold here, or is this something different? And, uh, you know, that was another indication if he can do some really good things in decision-making and then 
getting the ball where it needs to be. The other position that a lot of eyeballs were on was running back, where, again, you had the the two uh, freshmen running back playing. Would you see there from the youngsters? Absolutely nothing. So, uh, Catron <laughs> Allen a little bit more than uh, Nick Singleton. Nick Singleton had almost nothing to do on the day. And, and here, here's, okay, so I understand he took the first carry of the, of the game, and I understand he got in the end zone. But I don't think it was clear to the entire defense if that was thud or tackle because Tig Brown comes into the hole, hits him with his shoulder, and, like, does that tag-up thing, and Nick Singleton then runs through two other people for a touchdown. So if, if Jair Brown comes in there and knows it's full speed, I don't know that he gets a touchdown there. He was a good receiver. I was, uh, I was impressed with his hands so far this spring. And that was confirmed on the touchdown he did get um, when he uh, at the end of the game when he was coming out of the backfield against Jamari Budden. Um, and then Catron Allen, he's just like he's a professional. The way he reads the offense, he actually starts the front side of runs. He actually reads it and then cuts to the backside uh, for, for the backside uh, hole in a zone play. Most running backs, they just see the front don't read it and cut backside because that's where their vision goes and that's where everyone is that the play is washing one way and it's just natural to go the other way he actually does it the right way and he's a true freshman so like his hands his patience his vision his physicality he's a really good running back so uh some of that did come through because he had a couple more opportunities to actually run the football nick singleton did not have as many where he actually had a clean running lane to do anything with I was surprised. Catron Allen looked quicker than I thought he would be. Yeah, he's and not. Maybe he's not just slow. reading the whole. Now we always got the impression that he's this thumper, you know, and he's going to get you three yards in a cloud of dust. But I was surprised. That's uh, the the. That's why you got to go to T. Frank's film that. room. We covered that uh, during his commitment. <laughs> yeah, no, he is, uh, and and, and I, this is this is a very, just stylistically, he reminds me a little bit of Marshawn Lynch, physical with great elusiveness. So he's not just a three yard thumper. He is a full on professional running back that can do a lot of different things and is not slow. He's just not Nick Singleton fast. Well, when you start to hear. All this, he's a thumper, and he's, well, he's quicker than you think. It sounds like that relative thing. Like in baseball when they say, well, he's got decent speed for a catcher, you know? <laughs> yeah, I didn't well, say he was it, high effort, did it I? Almost, <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost felt that way. But, like I said, watching him, I, I, I was impressed by him. All right, in the time we have left, what else stood out to you, T. Frank? Uh, Manny Diaz's defense. Uh, it is, it is, there's a lot going on there. So I was interested in what version of that was coming to Penn State. Would James Franklin say, hey, don't do X or Y because we believe in these things. But I mean, it's just full on high octane Manny Diaz defense, which there is just from the defensive line to the uh, GAs, there's a lot going on. Nothing is simple. Everything is a little bit complicated, and it's never clean. So so Brent Pry ran a very traditional defense in a lot of different ways where guys played simple and fast. This is a little bit more NFL where they have more responsibilities to read things and to adjust. So that can be a good thing if the defense is on the same page. 
Um, and it could not be a good thing if they get confused because there are like kind of like the offense. You can run an option route and you have two options. And if you read it wrong, the quarterback looks dumb. Kind of like the defense. It, there was a couple times where they lost their assignment, they dropped a receiver, and he was open. But I thought for the most part, they were pretty good. They were pretty sound in their assignments. So that was really interesting. And then Hakeem Beeman was just really good. I he He showed that stuff his freshman season two years ago. But he really took it to a new level in the last year or so. So, uh, you know, that's going to be a force on the interior. And I, as James Franklin said afterwards, they are very deep there. And they probably have more usable depth than they've had in a long time. That's good to hear. All right, T. Frank, that's it. Talking about the blue-white game. Next segment, we're going to talk about the Penn State players that are in this year's NFL draft that's coming up. Stay tuned for that. Attention Penn State alumni, trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran need your support. Your alumni trustees have fought to debunk the free report and to honor Joe and Sue Paterno. And they led the charge on an unprecedented tuition freeze, saving students and their families thousands. Independent leadership for a better Penn State. Re-elect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. <laughs> 